the worst moments of our life. Hey, girl, hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition ever. How bad can it be? And <laughs> we feel the pain is best or funny. Like my haircut? I do. Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. Right. I am Christine. Welcome Lincoln. to Worst Ever Podcast. Yes, you are. And... You have so many masks on. It's like mask under mask. Okay. He has a light up mask. He's programmed it to say, I love you. That's so nice. Oh, I know. But but this is what I really wanted to say. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pac-Man. That's amazing. I've never seen a digitized mask. That's really great. How many masks do you yeah. think you own now? I own, uh, I pretty much own a mask. I had a program to say I am your host a lot, Khaled. But I guess I erased it on accident. <laughs> yeah. We have Anyways, masks. I probably have a mask. I have a mask for every occasion. I'm not going to lie. I have, I have a a breakfast mask, I have a lunch mask, I have a daytime mask, I have an evening mask. I got silk masks for like um, black tie events. I got Great. Um, sparkly masks, I got sequin masks, I got light up dance masks, I got clear masks. This is one of my favorite masks. Let me go grab it, excuse me. I mean, you guys, I just, I don't know what to do with him and his masks. This- this is, this, is one of my, this is one of my favorite masks. This is a clarity mask. And it's yeah. so comfortable. Okay. Ramona Sanger wore it on the reunion of New York Housewives. The whole and time? it's her friend, I guess. But it's a Claire. No, when I she like entered. It. Oh, okay. she yeah, it's so comfortable. It's got a no-fog spray so it doesn't fog up. Uh, the, the, and it's like the most comfortable. Ma- I know it looks like it's like it actually, uncomfortable, but it's because I can breathe. It's kind of like wearing goggles from the nose down. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's And I, that's I love great. this mask. This is going to be my, I think, my airplane mask for flying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Well, you've got yeah. one for every occasion. I mean, why not? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you guys, Alaz's been working out like a fiend. Um... <laughs> We had a workout God. schedule this you morning. Saw- I was I was supposed to join and at seven AM and I was like, Yeah, seven's not a problem, I'll be there. And uh my for whatever reason, today was the day my kids decided to sleep until seven. So I woke up at seven, like, oh no. Brandon's like, I thought you were working out. I was like, I thought I was too. Whoops. I guess I'm not Yeah, she's I knew she was gonna flake. I had was like so ready to like kick her ass. I I called my trainer, I go, she's I go, she's fucking coming. Uh, and I go, and she's going to come in with her little skinny outfit. And then my oh trainer goes, God. wear all black. My trainer goes, wear all ah. black. I go, I know. I'm like, I can't, I'm going to look like a fucking whale next to her. Because I'm like, this girl, she like runs marathons and things. But I'm going to beat her. I do not run marathons. I'm going to beat her. Yeah, I'm going to beat her. And I was like, when she didn't show up, I was like, she's such a pussy. I go, she's so scared of me because she knows how competitive I am. I'm going to beat her. You know, we have the tire all ready for you. Oh yeah, well, God. whatever. I'm like, what's her Well, excuse? I'm coming back. No, I'm coming back. I just, I, you know. But I'm I have coming to tell back. You, You've I, never come. No, I'm coming. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm going to come. Maybe I'll come Friday. 
Um, how Friday do you want to tell the or eight thirty? Great, I could do either. Um, how many pounds have you lost? Let's just get the but before uh, we have our guest on. I, I just my, want I need all the updates. Okay, okay, we're gonna do a solo show too because I have so much to talk about, anyways. But okay. um, um, I've so far my next weigh in is on Friday. So far, I've lost at least ten pounds. Wow, that's yeah. great. Good for yeah. you. I can tell in your yeah. face. Your face looks thinner. Yes. You know, like I can tell like here, you know, in the neck and the face. Good for you. I mean, I'm hoping, I think I'm getting muscle too. Cause she's like, oh, you're getting defined. Like I was getting these like dimples yeah. right here. And I was like, I don't want too much muscle because I don't want to weigh more. You know, I'm like, I no, want to like be skinny. She's like, no, oh, just, we're just defining you. Don't worry. And I go, no, I kind of, the scale means a lot to me. <laughs> But you see, the thing is, is the more, so there'll be a moment where you stop losing so much, but you're, cause right. you're also gaining the muscle. But the thing is, you'll, you'll automatically burn more calories throughout right. the day. You well, have I'm, and I'm eating a lot better. I also have, apparently I have my, my bad cholesterol is at a hundred and I went okay. to the cardiologist, which we'll talk about more because due to COVID having COVID and I am the. Yeah major care carrier here in los angeles um I've you are the super spreader. everyone right i'm the super <laughs> spreader to our friends um i've gone to a cardiologist and all that stuff and i have heart yeah. disease in my family and the whole bit so he's like i want you below 70 so he's gonna put me on cholesterol medication and i took one pill and i was constipated i was like this is not gonna work i can't be constipated like i gotta poop um, so yeah. I called my, I called my regular primary. She's like, okay, I go, I changed my diet and I started working out. So can we try it? She goes, yes, I'll do another blood panel. Cause I did it. I did the blood panel before I started working out. Right. So I do another blood panel to see if my cholesterol went down. I've been taking this cholesterol. I'm trying to cut down on eggs and meat like steak. Cause I love uh -huh. steak. Um, anyways, whatever. So due to COVID there's as a long hauler, there's, you know, we get the brain fog that there could be inflamed heart tissue. So I'm getting all my heart stuff. You got yours checked out, right? You're fine. Yeah. I had my uh, stress test on Monday. How'd that and go? I, it went good. I mean, I've never done anything like that before. I've never really been to a cardiologist. Um, so the, the funny thing is, so you go in, first of all, I had to have a COVID test for the two right. days before because you can't wear a mask when you're running right. on a treadmill. So, um, then you get in there, they hook you up to these electrodes. They do, a an ultrasound of your heart, take images. Yep. Then you get on the, the treadmill thing. and you start walking and like, yeah. you're like, Oh, whatever. This is easy. Cause you're like walking at this incline, but every, I guess, seven minutes or whatever, it goes up and it goes a little faster. So even I like by like, you know, 15 minutes, I was like running up a hill on this treadmill and I'm like dying. Like my heart was at like 170. Yeah. And they're like, you're doing great. You're doing great. Like, let us know when you really need to stop. But like, they want you to get to the top so that they can see how your heart recovers. That's, that's the deal. So, um, so what'd you get your heart to? 172. Okay. But my I resting be, rate I, is like 65. Is that it, good? Uh, it depends for everybody. It, it's just low. It's just low. I want to be 65 you. is low. Okay, well, it, it's not a, it's a competition. It is it's now. Okay. <laughs> it's competition. Uh, but here's the thing. They make you take off everything from the waist up. So that means I can't wear a sports bra. 
What do they you mean? Your bra running on a yeah, Wait, with like a gown on. Fl- your titties it are flopping. It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, how are people doing this? I'm like, but what Why? about because my? Why? Because they I have, have electro. To... Oh, because they have the electrodes on your heart and stuff, right? Right, right. right. But you're wearing a gown like open to the front. If I can't and, wear my like, if I can't wear my sports <laughs> bra, I'm gonna be flipping out. I'm telling you, I was like holding my boobs and I'm like walk. I was like kind of run walking and then I started running and I was like ah. I mean, oh, so, so no, weird. I do my, I do mine stress test next month. I have another sleep study. I do have sleep apnea. So I have another sleep study with the machine to see how much oxygen right. I need. I can't wait to do that because I can't wait to have a final good night's sleep. I've never had that in my life. Oh, um, I did buy sleep gummies cause on my birthday, which, um, a lot of fans missed because I didn't get a lot of Starbucks card except for you and Nathan PI. Thank you so much for the videos and the workout video is great. I would have chosen a more uh, aggressive song from Rocky, but that's okay. Maybe it was a rights thing. Um, uh, I don't know. But oh I was my like, God. Mm, I just need something a little more pumped up. Um, anyways, thank you for the videos. Amazing. He sent me uh, Amazon gift cards, which was so sweet. Oh, that's so nice. He's the nicest for guy your- and he's so talented. I know. I mean, he's really, yeah, our, our, our fan and friend, Nathan, if you guys have checked out our YouTube channel or any of our, um, our posts on IGTV, he's the one who's doing all of these graphics. He's putting these amazing montages together. When we talk about shit, I've like forgotten about, (laughs) I decided a lot. I was thinking the other day, I was like talking to somebody about some old movie I did. There are so many things in the archives of the of like random, like random jobs that my husband's never seen that I forgot about. I feel like at the beginning of every podcast, we should talk about something old, something hilarious that we've done and but, see if you can find it. Well, the problem is like some of it, I don't even remember. Like when he pulled up the Sherman Oaks episode where I was working right. behind the yoga I had totally forgotten that I did. I it was one of my first jobs here in LA, that and it was hilarious. like, yeah, it was a, it was a, the show was a spoof on Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Right. The original. Right. So, but it was called Sherman Oaks, and it was right. with the lead guy was the guy who was in the Christmas Story, the kid with the glasses, the BB gun, uh-huh. that kid. Oh my god! So he was the lead. So I. I had totally forgotten I, done, I had done that. It was like, and I was like, wait so a minute, funny. what is this? Um, yeah, he I, well, I was talking to somebody the other day about the this pilot I did for um, VH1 called Dirty Famous. This is like back in the time where like Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton were so big in right. The Simple Life. And so VH1 decided to do this, this spoof off that about two girls. One wanted to be famous and the other was her like, like um, kind of hanger on friend. I was the hanger on friend and I was going to help make my friend famous by getting her in the tabloids. And like, she was a goody goody and I was going to like corrupt her and get her in the tabloids. And it's me, her, this, this other actress, Char Jackson and Chelsea Handler. <laughs> oh my God, Char and Chelsea. Char. So Chelsea Handler played the publicist and, uh, oh, and Andrew Firestone was oh, like hilarious. a bachelor type, right? I guess he had been the bachelor anyway. So we had him like trying to do like a sex tape with her. Like it is the, it is so ridiculous. Um, one of the, the producers was from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it was all like partially scripted. I mean, it's the dumbest thing, but we had so much I know, fun but it probably would have been a hit. I don't know why they didn't pick it up. I mean, 
Okay, so let's talk for one second because our guest is here, but I feel like maybe do you want to introduce her? Do you want to say anything? Yeah, so as you know, we both had COVID. We knew that based on the antibodies. And uh, instinctually, I was like, I want to do something good with what would happen because it was, uh, listen, we're lucky because we had it good, even though it was horrible, right? Yeah. I, like this, and I can only say this because I'm suffering with my uncle now. I've already lost a, um, a family member to COVID, and now my uncle's in ICU in Baton Rouge uh, suffering from Sorry. COVID, and they are trying to put him on the ventilator, but we're trying to push so they've done it, and I want to talk to this person about it. So I found a support group called Survivor Corps on Facebook, and uh, when I done my plasma, I'd done it, I posted a picture of it and they made me a hero of the day or whatever and whatever. And they emailed me and asked me to be an ambassador and speak for them. Like if there's any interviews or whatever, I told them my whole story and how our story, how this all happened. Yeah. And so we've been keeping in touch and I was like, we need to do a COVID episode because this, this podcast is called worst ever. Right. And 2020 has been (laughs) the worst ever. (laughs) And we've haven't really touched on that. Um, we've sort of like been surviving through this craziness oblivious to what's really, you know, not even talking about it. So I feel like if you've had COVID or if you know someone who's had COVID, if you have the antibodies, this person is going to help us steer us and, and give us some information. She's been all, her name is Diana Bear. Uh, I can never say her name. Uh, Barrett. And she is the founder of Survivor Corps. Look it up and we'll talk. We'll get more information from her as well. I'm going to put my mask that they sent me. We're both, uh, we're, we're wearing our Survivor Corps t-shirts today. All yes, right, I'm going to let yes, her in yes. and then she can, um, she can talk a little more about okay. what it is um, yeah. and how it can I mean, I now have a people. lot of questions. We can share information. a lot of questions. Yeah. <gasps> Diana! Hi. Oh my gosh, Hi. look at everybody in their Survivor Corps stuff. <laughs> oh my God, wait, I have to take a screenshot of this. To I have to get back wait. farther. Wait, hold on. Sorry, that's better. Too awesome. Wait, and then I'll introduce me. Give me two seconds. This is <laughs> too freaking awesome to not capture. Hold on. Okay. There we go. Oh, wait. I turned the flash off. Sorry. You forget the fact that I actually was a professional photographer until like three months ago. <laughs> How quickly we forget. Oh, my gosh. This is so awesome. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Hi, Diana, Diana. Welcome to the Hi. show. I love this. Uh, so happy to have you on. Nice to meet you. Hi. Really nice to meet you too. Oh my God! Look at you drinking through your drinking mask. Real quick, while we're talking about the the merch, where can they get it? Because the mask is amazing. Because it has a slit for yeah. straws, and you can drink. And I love alcohol and coffee. I know. Uh, yeah. I I use my metal straw into my wine glass mm. with it. Oh, perfect. Uh, an outdoor barbecue. I mean, how better to socialize during COVID, right? Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's the only way. So yeah, go to survivorcore.com and there's a, you can click on merch and you can get t-shirts and masks and show your Survivor Core pride. But the drinking masks are awesome. And they awesome. are also really, really cool for back to school because the yeah. kids can drink from their water bottles during the day without taking their masks off. Totally. There you go. That's right. great. There you go. You, and so, you can get your temperature taken when you go get give plasma. Right. Right. Which we're going to talk about. Yeah. Right. I, I donated. Thing. I donated plasma yesterday. Just so you know. You did. 
Yes. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, you are a superhero. I'm, yeah, it was. How many times has it been? Is this it's number three now? Three? It's three. It's three. And I have to be honest. I'm sort of selfish about it because, uh, not, or uh, <laughs> I'm doing it to get my antibody test because I have, <laughs> I have, I have competition. Okay. No, I don't okay. care. I go. I want to know if I still have the antibodies. So you I can have I, whatever motivation yeah, you yeah. want, but so, you're saving lives regardless. Yeah. So I go in and I'm like, am I getting an antibody test? Like, yeah, we always go. I was like, just making sure. Cause you're going to get, I was like, you know, if I'm spending an hour and a half in here, you're going to, you know, but yeah. what's interesting is that when I first did it, the Red Cross wouldn't let me do it again for 28 days. And then after I and donated, they sent me an email saying I could do it every changed, week now. They changed their yeah. policy. Exactly. Yeah. Because right. Yeah. I did it through the New York blood center. So I was able to donate when I first, when I, I was actually the first donor through Columbia when they, at Columbia University, when they started their convalescent plasma program, I was volunteer number 0001, which was- Oh, wow. Cool. So um, I went in and I got, I had the first antibody test that they gave, um, wow. which was really cool. And, but of course, you know, it was so crazy. They had to test negative for the virus. And at that point, nobody was testing negative. Right. And like, they didn't realize that it was taking so long for the virus to clear and there were still dead particles and stuff. So I had to go back a couple of times before I got, it was only on the second time that I got the negative diagnostic test and the positive antibody test. And then I started donating. So I donated, my first donation went back to Columbia for research. And then my seven subsequent donations went uh, for wow. patient transfusion because I'm AB positive blood, which, okay. By the way, oh, you are? Yes. Oh my God. We are, we are like unicorns. Yeah. I may be yeah, positive. Yeah. 4% of the population. I we know. are in a major club. So yeah. I had, okay, by the way, the last science class I took was in like 10th grade. So <laughs> I've learned a lot in the last six months, seven <laughs> months. Um, so blood matches, it turns out are not the same as plasma matches. And so plasma is AB positive as a universal donor as opposed oh. to a universal recipient. And it's only 4% of the population. And so it, it is the most valuable plasma there is. So like my doctor at Columbia referred to my plasma as liquid gold, as is yours. Right, that's as what they said to so, me. But mine isn't anymore. Mine isn't anymore. Even though I, I tested positive on an Abbott test a few weeks ago, I actually got my titer tested last week at Mount Sinai. And it was down to 160. So enough to still. I don't know what that. So, I don't know what that means. So it's enough to show positive on an antibody test, but an antibody okay. test is kind of like a pregnancy test. You know what right. I mean? It shows up, and then what do you do when you get a positive pregnancy test? You go to the doctor and like actually get your blood tested. You know what I mean? Right. So they can right. give you an actual numeric value, as opposed to just like think about the same way. So then you go and find out. So the titer is the actual how many antibodies you have, like the concentration of antibodies in your plasma. So you can have a really high titer, in, in which case you're a super, super valuable donor. There's actually, there's an article today in the Wall Street Journal about this. It's really, it's actually super cool. I get really geeky about this stuff. <laughs> no, it's so interesting because it's such a new, uh, first of all, the virus, obviously, we don't know much about. The antibodies, we don't know much about. The but plasma, we the don't plasma, know. The plasma is not new though. Plasma, convalescent plasma therapy goes back to the 1890s. It was developed in, to use against diphtheria and the Nobel Prize was won for it in 1901. 
Well, my so, question for you then is, is that because there's so much, there's so many questions about if it's actually working to help COVID patients. Oh, it's, like, it's working. No, Mayo okay. Clinic just released new data this morning. It's okay. definitely working, but it's it's a matter of, it's one tool in the toolbox. Right. It's not a, I don't think it's a silver bullet that, you know, it's right. going to not, you know, be our one bridge. But what they're, you know, what the pharmaceutical companies are trying to develop is a hyperimmune globulin product, which is a plasma-based therapeutic. So, like, okay, I don't know if you guys like to cook at all, but like imagine taking yeah. like gallons and gallons of plasma and creating like a sauce reduction, right? Got it. Okay. And then cleaning it out. So you take out all the impurities and you know exactly what's in there. And then you give it either as a transfusion or even really ideally a shot, like right into your arm. Right. And that could be used right when someone gets sick or even prophylactically to keep them from getting it possibly, you know, or to keep them from developing symptoms once they get it. And we need these, we need to find as many sort of stop gaps until we get a vaccine because we're not right. going to have a globally accessible vaccine anytime soon. So we need to find as many workarounds as possible. And I think that there, I think plasma is definitely, definitely one of them. Yeah. Just so talk wait, for a minute wanna... real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead, Christine. I would just I just wanted to go back a little bit, Diana, and and talk about how Survivor Corps right. started and yeah. and yeah. how you had the idea to to come up with it and you know gather this kind of information. So it actually all started with plasma, funny enough. Um so I got I got COVID right around when you guys got it. I got March tenth. Yeah, I got exposed yeah. on March 9th. I yeah. went to a meeting and little did I know that two of the people at the meeting had been at a conference in New York. I live right outside of New York City. They had been at a conference in the city from March 2nd to March 7th, and it ended up being a super spreader conference. So no one was symptomatic there. Everyone was infected. Um, you wow. know, right. It was before... The, before yeah. masks, it was before social distancing, like social yep. distancing wasn't even a term. It was just don't touch your face and wash your hands a lot. You know what I mean? Right. And um, everyone was infected. I woke up, one guy died a few weeks later. Um, oh, from the conference? Really from the meeting, this meeting. I was the only meeting? the third time I'd ever been. It was, <laughs> this is, okay, one, this, this is going to kill you. Want to hear what it was? Go, Literally, go. It was my third time ever going to group therapy. Oh, how many um, people were at the meeting? That? Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> and the super. So you need the conference. therapy. You need the therapy for the therapy. Right. Exactly. Right. I got it from the yeah, shrink. No. Wait, I got it from oh, the shrink. No. Wait, he had. It was the American Group Psychotherapy Association. That was the super oh. spreader conference in New York. Can you believe oh, that? No. <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, it's like literally you couldn't script it, except for the next part is when I wake up on Friday the 13th, 2020. I mean, literally, could you, you, another thing that you like, yeah, Friday the 13th, 2020, like literally the worst date ever right. is the morning I wake up with 103 fever, a respiratory infection and like everything else out of the blue. And, um, you know, I was not, I mean, I'm curious how you guys sort of immediate, like, I just knew from the second I woke up, I was like, this is it. Like, I don't know how I got it. I don't, like, this is only supposed to affect old people and immunocompromised. Right. Like, what? 
but I just like, it was so spot on with every symptom that we knew about at the time. And I, I'm not a germaphobe at all. Like, I, I, you know, I, was, a I. I was a photographer until March 12th and I'm used to like, you know, my kids go to sleepaway camp during the summer. I am traveling around the world. Like I, a year and a half ago, I was chest high in the Ganges river photographing the world's largest gathering of humanity, chest wow. high in the Ganges river for over an hour. And I didn't even need a Pepto-Bismol. Like I camped through Africa two summers ago and I was not glamping. I was like literally in a pup tent. Like I trekked through Mongolia with my camera. Like I've gone all over the place and I have always prided myself on having like this, you know. Well, now yeah, I know why you 30. do psychotherapy. Right. <laughs> oh, there's more than that. There's more than that. Oh, yeah, please, we barely, we barely scratched the surface. That's nothing. That's nothing. Um, so, but I am a total news junkie. So I had been watching everything go through China, go through Italy, and being in New York, like just like you guys are in LA, you're, you're like at the gateway to the world. So right. you know it's only a matter of time before. Well, I think I, know. I, I think I got it either in New York or Portland. I mean, I was the spreader for Christine, and, uh -huh, and right. Alyssa, Alyssa and I got it together. But we uh -huh. just don't, we can't pinpoint exactly where we got it because- Where you got it, yeah. We, we were in Portland when the outbreak happened. There was a case that was reported, which Alyssa didn't know and I was keeping the secret because she was working. And when Alyssa works, she's either on set or she's at the hotel. She says, I go out to restaurants, I'm at bars, <laughs> I'm out all over the place, right? I'm exploring the city, the whole bit. She goes literally from work and then to the apart the hotel. So. I'm not all over the place, so I could have got there, but there was one, there was a case that was reported at a school, literally right. two miles down. I went to go get masks, because I, mm. I had heard about the N95 thing in China, and I was like, oh, I should probably order these, and I just never oh, ordered them, I never ordered them. Oh, right. Yeah, you I just never ordered them. I know what I did, I, I had ordered toilet paper, I never got to the food shopping, I got sick too fast, yeah. and I ordered stock in Zoom. I meant those oh are the my two things God. I managed to do before I got sick, but I missed out on everything else. Like, so I got, I <laughs> didn't, I was frantic without telling Alyssa what was going on in the news because she had no idea. So <laughs> yeah. I'm calling everyone I know. I need masks. I need N95 masks. We have to fly to New York. We have to go to a wedding. I need masks. I don't want to get on a plane. I don't, you know, I'm trying to not to be paranoid, but I'm like, can you I call my friend in Jacksonville, Florida, who, this is gonna sound racist, but I'm not, but I'm just like saying it. Like everybody's got a guy? Like <laughs> No, she, yeah, she's my guy, but, she's, but she's, she's Jewish. So I knew if anyone was gonna order these masks, it was gonna be friend, my, my friend Susan. So I called Susan, I go, did you get those masks? She goes, how did you know I got the mask? I go, did you get the mask? She goes, how did you know? And I go, I'm just assuming you got the mask. Well, I'm goes, Jewish and that's why I felt like such a disgrace <laughs> for having not stocked up properly. It was like, just, I couldn't believe it. Like it was so out of character. So she goes, she goes, I just got a box of 20. <laughs> and I go, I'm begging you. Make that FedEx, 19. <laughs> FedEx, FedEx me two masks to the hotel in Portland. She, she uh she fedexed to me i made a deal that i would get uh, in contact with justin bieber for her for her daughter's birthday <laughs> because oh, she, oh yeah i made a whole deal and she oh sent God. me the mask that's so, the price wow yeah so she sent that's me the a mask. deep we, price yeah, yeah. We had the mask that's like a plane. heavy ask 
But here's the, here's the issue, Diana. At that time, people were saying, don't wear the mask. It, do, it doesn't work. And in my head, I kept going, well, I don't understand if they're talking about how do, why do doctors and nurses, wear, why are they wearing the mask? But they're saying, it's not going to help you. And so- right, like, why are they people, showing people in South Korea in hazmat yeah, suits yeah, doing the tests? So you people know? were like looking at me like I was crazy and making fun of me because I was wearing a mask at the airport. I was the only one in the Portland airport wearing a mask. So oh um, we fly to New York, go to this wedding. I fly back on the 9th. The 10th, I record with Christine and um, Kate, the, the reality podcast girl. And I'm surprised she didn't get sick. That night on the 10th, I was down for the count. I'm never a napper. I, I don't, I, my body was, I chills, the fever, the fever yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. Lasted no, I mean, I woke up with 103 fever. Like I haven't had a fever in 15 years. You yeah, know what I've I mean? Like there was nothing shot. subtle, like there was nothing subtle about it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, no. oh, am I sick or am I not? I was like, oh my God. Like I woke up and it hit me like a ton of bread. And I didn't, well, the difference, the reason why I wasn't Were you able sure to get was, tested? So I could not get a test for the life of me. Right. It was impossible it was to get a test. impossible in California, right? They're really yeah, they were even harder than in New York. Uh, when I finally could get a test, too. they just no one was prepared. No one was yeah. prepared to and, test anyone. Yeah, I had. To. I had somebody telling me if I wanted a test, it would be one hundred and fifty dollars, and I could go to this like private doctor. I was like, so tests to, are only for rich people? Like, I, I, no, I, I literally, I'm not going to do that. Christine, I thought that I had infected my entire town. I thought that I was patient zero because I, I was, I'm a photographer yeah. and I just volunteered to photograph an event at our local elementary school. So oh imagine God. a gymnasium, okay, for like little kids. I mean, my kids are 12 and 14. These were like little kids doing a dance performance. So a gymnasium packed with parents, teachers, and all the other kids from the entire school building, all packed in the gym. And you know how, like, as a photographer, you're moving around as close sure. as possible to people in this enclosed room. I was 100% convinced that I had infected. I was patient zero for my entire town. And so I fought so hard to get tested that that's how I initially got media attention because it, I had to go, it ended up, my congressman had to intervene in order for me to get tested. And the only reason that I wanted to do it was to be able to tell the school district so right. that they could tell people. And right. I finally, then I finally got the positive result. School district never reported it. Well, <gasps> that's, that's, a, that's interesting because my sister... My sister just had COVID two weeks ago. Um, she works. Um, she works in a doctor's office. I don't want to say what kind of doctor. It's it's not. It's like cosmetic. Yeah. It's a dermatologist. Right. Whatever she yeah. works. In. Like a fancy. She, fancy yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she got COVID. She called the office and said, "I've been tested positive for COVID," because uh, her daughter had gotten it. And she was around her daughter, so she was worried about getting it. So she got tested, and sure enough, she was positive. And the office said, well, we're just going to say that your kids have it, and that's why you're staying at home. Oh, my God. I mean, people so, act, like, it's This so is in Florida. Funny. This is in Florida. So then her husband calls his job. Sanity. It's crazy. And he said, my wife tested positive. I'm going to get tested. They said, well, no matter what, come to work on Monday. This is a don't ask, don't tell situation. 
Right. So that's the reality of what's going on in the country, especially yeah. in states like Florida, you know, because it's like out of sight, out of mind. I went to Florida in, in January because I lost my uncle. So I, and I That's had right. the advice and which, thank you. And my other uncle right now, as we speak is in ICU with COVID. That's oh. why I definitely went to donate. I'm trying to donate as much as possible yeah. just in his honor, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, when I went to Florida in June, well, no, when, when was it? Yeah, June. Um, I literally was the only one wearing a mask in a public oh space. God. It was crazy. And I was like, it was like a, it was like a pandemic never happened. Yeah. And then like, what's weird too, and we can talk about, there's so many different discrepancies. It's like, I, I landed in Atlanta. It was my first time in a restaurant since the quarantine. And I was like, <laughs> I'm so excited to go eat in a restaurant. You know? So and I then, like, my first Starbucks with it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm so excited. And yeah. I go, so they, t they temperature check me and I go, okay, that's nice. But my roommate who I gave COVID to was asymptomatic and did not have a temperature. So what are you telling me? Like, what does that mean? That is yeah. because there is a complete dissonance between policy and science, which is ridiculous. I mean, thank okay. you. So when I couldn't get tested in March, on March 14th, the reason was they told me I had to either prove that I had been in China, Italy, or Iran in the previous month, or I had had 10 to 15 minutes of sustained one-on-one -on -one exposure to somebody who had tested positive. Okay. This was 14 days after the very first person in all of New York City was diagnosed and nobody had come forward with their identity. So it was literally a Kafka-esque situation. Like there was literally no way to prove this. And I was like, but I might have put all of these other people at risk and I, I am showing every sign of the virus. And they're like, sorry, you just don't qualify. And so I went... And I went on my hound Facebook page, which I've actually since been banned from, which is super cool. Um, and I put a, <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, I put a, a calendar of everywhere I'd been. And people are like, oh my God, that's so brave of you. And I was like, I mean, this isn't a venereal disease. It's only the world's most contagious virus. I mean, I wasn't right. making out with somebody to get it. I was right. literally sitting across the room from my, my shrink. I mean, like, it's hardly deviant. You know what I mean? Like, why is that brave? Like, it was so crazy. But anyway, fast forward. It's now the end of September. My kids are in school my daughter's in her she's a freshman in high school and the school just closed down for the third time in three weeks because guess what guess what their definition of contact tracing is the exact same definition that kept me from getting tested on march 14th you have to have 10 minutes of maskless one-on-one -on -one exposure to and you know within six feet so as long as they space them out and say well they're you know if you do it however you define your terms, you know, it's like if you don't test, then you have no cases. If you define contact tracing so narrowly, then you don't have to contact anybody. But great, we've now shut down three times in three weeks in New York City's numbers have doubled in the last two days. Right. You know, I mean, like, there's such a dissonance. So like the temperature check is a perfect, perfect example. So we just, I'll give you a little preview of some of a study that we're going to be putting out soon. 
Um, so this will be actually the largest study done so far of non-hospitalized COVID patients. We did a study, um, we had, we've been working with Indiana University School of Medicine and this doctor there, Natalie Lambert, who's just amazing. And um, we had over 4,000 people complete this survey, which is just like extraordinary. And this is the survey that you sent us. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys did completed. it. You guys did it. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. a part of yeah. this. You're a part of this. This is going it was very this thorough. Is, it was it say exactly. Yeah. It was very thorough. We had to actually extend the deadline because it was taking people days to fill out, people who were really having a lot of issues. And anyway, so we're gonna start being able to release the results of that in the next week or so. And one of the first things that we saw from it was less than or around one third of people had a fever at any time. And remember, these are only adults, 18 plus to participate okay. in the survey. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about kids who are much less likely to present with a the fever. They're, I mean, both my kids had it. I'm, everyone in my family had it. I'm the oh, only one who had a fever. Same. You know, the other three Same didn't. Here. Right. And so by using a temp, so one, only one third ever have a fever, forget it about it being the presenting symptom. And we're using temperature checks as a screening device for schools, for restaurants, for you know hospitals, for doctors' offices, for everything. I mean, which is great if you're screening for the flu, but not if you're trying to screen for COVID. It's using yesterday's solutions to try to solve today's problems, which makes yep. absolutely no sense. I mean, no like, sense. why are we having kids take mask breaks in school if we know it's an aerosolized virus? Have them go outside to take the mask break. Let them be a little totally. cold. Let them be a little hot. You know, we don't well, know how it affects their bodies in the long run. I mean, it's so crazy that none of this is based in science. Well, I want no. Christine to tell you a little bit about because she's directing. Um, she's directing a couple episodes of the Goldbergs, and um, go ahead and tell uh, Diana the protocol that you guys use on set. So this protocol was designed uh, as a, um, it's a conjunction between three major unions, right? To get everybody working safely. SAG-AFTRA, the Directors Guild, and the Writers Guild, um, which I guess I'll say, the Directors Guild also covers producers. So essentially, you know, and every studio is a little different. Every set is a little different, but essentially we all agree on the same thing, which is that everybody mandatory N95 masks not your own and 95 mm -hmm. um there's a zoning so there's like three zones there's zone c which is people i believe i think i'm saying this all correctly <laughs> zone c is basically people that um stay in a production office stay in their own offices they're never allowed at set they're post-production you know they're they're right. in their own thing zone b are people like writers producers people who might have to come to solve a problem but don't come onto set. They could come to like base camp to talk to somebody if right. need be. Um, there's zone A, which would be like your um, most, a lot of your ADs, uh, your, a lot of the hair and makeup wardrobe departments, mm -hmm. um, people who need to work with actors closely at times, but who are not necessarily going to be sitting on set all day. And then there's a zone A plus, which is a director, your cameraman, your DP, your first AD, your script supervisor, like the people who are very small right. that we are there. So what happens on a set is that, you know, your construction comes in, they build your sets, they leave, they never come back. Then we have uh, like myself and say the, the um, um, our stand-ins would come on set and we would work out maybe some of the schematics before the actors get there. The cameras would get a chance to do their mm -hmm. thing. Lighting would come in, kind of do their thing. 
all of those people leave, get cleared out. Mm -hmm. They wait, then they bring in actors. Shields go on. We, everybody that's anywhere near within 10 feet of an actor, and now they're just saying, whenever actors get on set, everybody wear a shield. It's because yeah. you never know when you're going to like round a corner. And you have a, you have a, mask, you have a mask underneath the shield, right? You have yes. the N95 underneath the shield, right? That's correct. Okay. Absolutely. Because I've seen a lot of people wearing these shields without a mask underneath. And, and let that's me not just say right now, that is not effective for anyone who's listening. Not effective. Right. So we have both. Um, the actors come on mostly wearing masks. And then once we get on set and we kind of, you know, get the, the you know, we understand what we're all going to be doing. We chat a little bit um, and then we try one, they take off their masks and, and we go. But there's no like hair and makeup on set anymore. Everything is right. outside. Even their, even the hair and makeup stations are now outside. And how are they, are they batch, are they testing you every day? Are they yes. batch testing you? How are they doing that? So, so the testing for different zones um, is different. So for A plus, it's three times a week. So I was uh, I was tested twice during my prep week, and then I was tested Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Were they antigen work. tests or PCR tests? Like did what, you get? I was, they were nasal swabs. Nasal swab that came back, and it came back. Went, like how long yeah. did it take for them to process it? I think an hour or two. You, I wouldn't get an. I wouldn't get a negative. You only get called if it's positive. Okay, interesting. I wonder what so, they. So, yeah. So, but everything is like barcoded. So essentially, yeah. There's, you know, and then there was also a COVID nurse on set, which we call the COVID police. But there's someone there who is. We have a safety meeting every morning, outlining, just reminding everybody what we're doing. Um, and there's somebody on set, literally just watching and making adjustments. Wow. That's and saying, great. Excuse me. I mean, I'm just going to give you a gentle thing. tap. Remember your shield. Right. Or excuse me. So there is a temperature yeah. check when you walk on stage. Of course, okay. you know. Right. But right. I mean, right. It's fine to use if you're using thing. it in, like, if it's one in tool conjunction. In your toolbox. It right. just can't. I mean, it's just being used as the only screening device. I mean, that sounds. Right. I mean, right. I mean, but that's an example of the fact that it can be done. You need so, to think, uh, yeah, think out of the box. Look, you need to think, like, look at the NBA bubble. Right. They did it. And knock on wood, I was the fourth episode. We finished last week. In in the four episodes so far, there has not been one positive test. There has not been one person who's had to be sent home. So, yeah. you know, knock on wood that and everybody, you know, there was a reminder even on Friday, like, guys, we're coming up on a weekend. Please make the right please make smart decisions about how you stay safe over the weekend so that we can all continue to be employed. And I think it's like you're having to trust everybody, just like you would trust somebody within your familial bubble or school pod or, you know. Right, but like I mean, trusting a group pod. of ninth, ninth graders is a different no, story. No, right. right. That's, a, that's yeah, a different right. story. Right. That's yeah. Yeah, I, get, I get tested every week and a half, two weeks usually, just at, even just for COVID, just because I, I am going around family, not friends, friends who've got elderly family members. Mm -hmm. And just, I it's more... It's more about me not feeling, God forbid, they do get something. I don't want them to go, they got it from me. So I always like present it before I go in. <laughs> I'm like, here's my test. You know, I'm like, uh, it can't be for me. I think, you've, you know? I think you've got a little bit of Muslim guilt for like. I have a lot of me. Muslim guilt. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's really I'm, weighing I'm on you there. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I don't want to be the blame for anything. <laughs> Because I gotta um, tell you, statistically, the chances right now—I mean, we've had like thirty cases of reinfection out of right. how many million infections? You know, right. 
the chances that you're going to be the 31st right now. But yes, I think that the more careful everyone is. I mean, I still, I wear my mask everywhere. I still, I, I freak out if I'm in, if I find myself in a crowded place or if I see people who aren't, you know, behaving yes. responsibly. Like I literally, like I have a physical reaction. Like I have Isn't a, interesting? like a, yeah, a now, do you have that? I, I feel like, have, like it's well, a visceral I, kind of reaction. Yeah. Like I definitely, even though we were all wearing masks and shields, it was interesting to be around a group of people at work. Cause I, I'm not around groups of people anymore. Maybe at the yeah. grocery store, but even I, I there, it's like my moving. Skills, and, right. Yeah, I, right. So I'm you're kind of doing that thing. Like, oh, I don't want to get too close. Oh, sorry. I was standing too close to you. Like you're doing a lot of like that. Yeah. But Do in you? some ways I, I also think it was, I mean, it, it was really nice just personally to be around comedy again to be around people oh who are God. making each other laugh like there was something really beautiful about it Ugh. at one point so this is the other crazy thing i can't tell any storyline things but um at one point we were filming something it was outside and it was with our main cast and a few of our guest stars so it was a significant portion of people of main cast um and uh and and there was like dancing happening and i had this big crane shot at the end and and I'm watching our cast dance together and laugh and like really genuinely having fun. And I'm like walking by the monitor and I have like a microphone now because I talk to them via microphone so I don't have to go in so often. And I was like, this is so beautiful. Like, I was like, Everybody's laughing. Oh my God. Well, listen, like Arabs are dumb and I'm one so I can say it. My... I found out in Orlando, because my parents live in Orlando, that they had a 500-person wedding last month. And I almost nice. lost it. Yes. And my cousin is having a 250 to 300-person wedding in October in Orlando. It's mm. freaking – I forbid my parents. I'm like, you will not go. You're like, don't worry. Because my parents are freaking out. And they – not thank God. But – because my uncle now has had he's there and it's, he's like in really yeah. bad condition mm -hmm. it scared them even more because i was like do you understand now that you can't relax you can't relax yeah. at all yeah it's, the fatigue it's, is real the fatigue people and are having it, is real. It, it affects we have what, indoor well, dining here well so florida has 100 percent capacity <laughs> no mask required yeah well, it's crazy masks in the restaurant i mean people are eating they're not, well, no, it's I not, get it. It's, yeah. not at full, it's not at full capacity, but it's still, I mean, it's pretty close. I think they're insane. I think they're insane. Well, I, listen, LA, uh, we have, we're still at outdoor dining. They just opened hair salons, which I just got a haircut for the first time. Um, it looks lovely. This, thank you. Like right. a couple of weeks ago, which was, I felt pretty safe the way my um, hairdresser was handling like even around yeah. my ear she's like hold your mask she'd move my thing and <laughs> da, da, da. what is the what is okay the touch thing like uh, things is it fomites. transferable huh the the technical term is fomites oh, okay go so, ahead. so it's so you so it the virus is aerosolized mm -hmm. and depending on how big that you know an aerosolized droplet like the droplet as a you know, this depending on the size of the particle determines how long it stays in the air, but it'll eventually fall. The heavier the droplet is, the more it falls, the less 
you know, the more it disperses into the air, when it falls onto a surface, then it's called a fomite. And so that's like everyone Cloroxing their groceries all spring, um, which I also missed out on apparently. Um, so, but the, the, it goes back and forth day to day. Like if you follow the experts on the fomites, literally, I mean, I could tell you what they said yesterday because it was different from what they said the day before, but like, I'm not sure that it won't be different tomorrow. So um, I, I think the more important part is the fact that it is aerosolized and the best way to, someone gave me a good description of that because I was trying to really describe it to my kids of like having them, I, I wasn't getting it across and I was like, okay, imagine this. Imagine that you're sitting in the living room and I go out on the deck to sneak a cigarette. You're totally going to catch me because if the window's even slightly open, you're going to smell it, right? Right. It, imagine that wherever you could smell cigarette smoke, you could also be getting the virus. That, wow. So someone could be standing around the corner from you. You smell that cigarette, Right. Right. Sure. You know, first right. thing in the morning, it makes me nauseated late at night. I won't, you know, I'm trying to bump once in the person, but you know, right. it smells different at different times of day, but, but you smell it. And so yeah. it's the same thing. That's how it moves through the air. So, so someone's like around the corner. Someone can use a public, someone can use a restroom, leave, you go back into that restroom and it's in the air, both from the person and from the toilet, because, you know, wow. it passes through multiple body fluids and you know why why do why do toilets not have lids why like, why didn't they everywhere i mean that's so gross that is gross well we, did, we didn't think it. about it's it aerosol. we didn't think yeah, about it until thought about it before but like i mean it's really vile although i have to tell you taking the new york subway with the mask on i'm never going back i mean it is a whole new experience really it's so much more pleasant Yes, I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I now feel like I would never ride the subway again without. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Why not? Well, I've heard, so I, I've heard they, and I've heard they cleaned yeah. it up a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been clean, and yeah, it's been. I've, I, what do you think about flying? Because I flew. I had two. I, I had two different. I had two different experiences. My flight to Florida. I flew Delta, and. Um, they were social distancing. They were cutting the middle seats, or if you were in first, you were had your own row. There was, mm -hmm. and they were they literally hand you a bag with a bottle of water, Cheez Its, and a Purell <laughs> and a Purell wipe. No joke. There is no service. If you want another bottle of water, they will come with a tray, and you pick it up, and that's it. Then I, because I stayed in Florida for like a, over a month, and I flew back after July, but I booked my ticket before July 1st on American Airlines because uh -huh. um, I wanted to fly into Burbank because it's just so much closer and so much more convenient. So, and I had to stop in Dallas on the way there, on the way back. And I got upgraded to first class. <laughs> I'm sitting in first class. This lady comes to put her stuff next to me. I go, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> and I go, she goes, this is my they have a different, they had a totally different policy. Completely different policy. I go, you're sitting next to me. Wait, and she's see, like, why aren't these things standardized? Like, if it's yeah, good for yeah. one airline, then it's obviously good for yeah. all air. Like, nothing yeah. make no sense. So she, so I go, oh, okay. So I go to the flight attendant. I go, 
are you guys not social distancing? She goes, yeah, as of July 1st, the, um, the, the laws changed. Uh, we can, we can sell. So they wanted to uh, sell more seats. So I said, oh, okay, well, I bought my ticket before July 1st. So don't you think that that's something that you should let the passengers who've bought a ticket thinking that expecting one thing, right? Exactly. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I was like, at that point, I was like, I don't want to lose my first class seat. And what if you were like medically fragile and hadn't already had COVID? Do you know what I mean? Make, like, yeah, they, yeah. So I literally had the window. I had you had to wear your mask on the whole time. But American and First sells. I mean, they don't. They don't sell. They serve full booze the whole bit. You're getting cocktails the whole bit. I'm the whole time. I'm my window. I'm just facing the window, asking for. You know, it's like all right, but um. But I was shocked. I was like, huh? They go, yeah, only Delta and um, Southwest. And I think JetBlue are social distancing. United and American are not. Um, and I was like, wow, that's good to know. I, it's just, it, it's, it should be I'm, a standardized going, thing. Yeah, I'm going to DC this weekend. I'm speaking on Sunday at the National COVID Remembrance in DC. And it's the first time I've gone anywhere since all of this happened. So, like, I just booked a hotel room. Like, how bizarre. Uh, I've, stayed, I've stayed in like, hotels. I can't even imagine. It's going to be so weird. <laughs> I've stayed in hotels. It's it's actually not. I, I felt maybe I just have a, a, because of having it before, I have a sense of security. Like, I felt a little more yeah. relaxed. Like, I was, so I, the hotels were good. Um so I felt safe about that. Are you taking the train? Yeah, I just booked the train. Yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's done. I looked, I mean, it shows you what the percentage pull, and it was like 25% full. Yeah. So wow. one, the other one was 15%, and then another one was sold out. So my guess is that they're capping it out at a pretty low number, but I'll yeah. report back. I'll let you know. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. But I mean, you... I'm, fasc I'm fascinated by these stories of like Christine's about how the studios are going back to work because like mm -hmm. all of those solutions can be scaled in some way, shape or form, right? Like why aren't we putting, getting, going back to school, but putting kids in pods, batch testing the pod every single day, have them eat in the classroom. The Every time there's a that batch goes positive, yep. that pod goes remote for 14 days, you know. And then I well, mean, I there's know, like, I, why is this so complicated? Like, it shouldn't why? Be. I, always, I, I was wondering why they're I, not. I mean, I don't know if this makes sense, but why not move the teachers around rather than the class, especially in high school situations? Like, put pods together of kids who are studying yeah. the same things, and just literally move the one teacher exactly. into that classroom and rotate them, rather than having the kids go through the school. To you know, I was like, I think Why? it's an exposure I, thing. So yeah. some, so teachers don't want to be exposed to 150 kids; they would rather be exposed to a smaller number of children. Do you know what I'm saying? So put the but put the teachers in like, plastic boxes. Well, regardless, there's like a, I mean, the fact that, you know, I, I mean, I just spoke about this on social media about going back to work and there was someone who responded. It's like, wow, like, why can't our teachers union get this together? Yeah. You guys can all get tested. And here we are. Like, she's like, I don't want to go back to work. I'm scared, but I have yeah. to. I feel and, terrible. I mean, and I think the, the teacher, I mean, I feel so sorry for these teachers. They're putting horrible. their lives at risk. It's horrible you know, for them. There's no, there's no guarantee. There's no, you're not, no. And in this position. And, we could have done this and like, you know, my, my 
um, sister-in-law is a teacher and she's now having to do both. So her workload has doubled, her pay is the same. So she and is creating online factor. curriculum okay. and then she is also going in to teach and then she is also dealing with her children and, put, and putting <laughs> their lives on the line. How are we? I, yeah. Sorry. How is anyone expected to serve, you know, to, to manage all of these different things? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's asking just, it's asking too much of anybody. And, I know, you know, but, that, no, but everyone was just left to their, oh, everyone was left to their own devices. And this is the yeah. problem. There's no unified front on how to handle this because we don't have a unified front on how to handle a pandemic. We weren't given, no one was given the information when we should have had it. And this continues to happen. And if we don't, if we don't lock it down, we'll never get through it and things will never actually be able to reopen. So all these people who keep saying open, open, we just need things to open, but you, but, but we can't deal with opening it until we like get it under control. So the fact is stuff is going to keep closing and stuff is going to keep shuttering forever. Like one of the oldest yoga studios in LA just closed. Who knows if it'll ever come back. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, it's like, it, I get very frustrated with people because, you know, there's, I, I understand people want their freedom. I do too. But I also don't want to, I don't know how many people have to die because of it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, the human I mean, toll of I this. I, mean, I, I wish that we could have. I know. And okay. I, I, I get, I, 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 I fear, I fear that we're past the point of where we can even get the genie back in the yeah. bottle. You know, no, we're I, mean, way I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if if there had been the national leadership to shut everything down for, you know, I, I don't even even after everything went wrong over the summer, everything, even after everything was handled so poorly in the spring and not much better over this summer. Why didn't we just shut down for the month of August? Nothing happens in August anyway. Bring out the freaking yeah. National Guard, lock everyone down. You know what I mean? Find them for being outside unless you are like literally keeping the power on and we could have been done with it and opened up in September. We could have opened up all schools, all businesses, the economy could come back and we could have gotten rid of the virus. I mean, I feel like that's what, that's what they did. did. Well, that's what Jordan, Jordan, my cousin in Jordan, she said they locked everyone down for like a month or two. The government came and brought boxes of groceries to every household. Literally every week, they would bring mm -hmm. a box Israel of groceries. Israel just had to, to do it because they, yeah. they're, they had a spike. They had control there for a while. Oh no, it sounds so socialist and horrible. I know that right. people can yeah, eat food right. during a pandemic. Yeah. How horrible! Do you, let's let's talk real quick more about Survivor Corps and what it's about and the long haulers because yeah oh okay so, so so we gotta this was a very very this was like a I guess like a 45 minute tangent but yeah. um right so I got sick I got it right I went into I, I, I was in isolation for 18 days um during that time I kept I had a, the New York Post gave me a column and a video blog um, that I so I chronicled my experience through COVID and I became sort of the face of the average COVID patient, um, the non-hospitalized patient. And so I was like, every news station all of a sudden wanted me because I was like a good news story <laughs> because everything else in New York was like people on ventilators and, you know, hospital tents being put up in Central Park. And so people started sending me um, notifications from Mount Sinai. They had just opened up the first convalescent plasma program. And everyone was sending it to me because I was the only person anyone knew who, you know, had COVID at the time or was public about it. 
And um, I realized immediately that like this was ridiculous because Mount Sinai wasn't going to be the only shop in town for very long. And they weren't. Columbia, Montefiore, Rockefeller Center, all these other hospitals opened within weeks. And I sort of forecast that there was going to become a free market for plasmas. It was going to be a needed, which it has been, um, it was going to be needed to fight the virus and the way to get it is from survivors. And so survivors were going to be a commodity and that there was no, you know, there's no room in my mind in the middle of a pandemic and during a moment of, you know, collective global crisis for competition, you need collaboration and efficiency. And so it seemed, you know, instead of having these research university, research hospitals all fighting for patients, I realized, well, if I could just sort of start, if I could gather, if I'm going to be one of the first survivors, surely there will be thousands to follow. You know, little did I know that it would be millions to follow. But um, I was like, okay, you know, if I, if I could save a few lives by donating my plasma, imagine if we could come together as a coalition to support science. Right. And so that's how I started Survivor Corps with, you know, the I started on March 24th while I was still in isolation and with the mission of mobilizing an army of survivors to donate their plasma and support science in every way possible by participating in every academic, medical and scientific study for which they qualify. So I started as a Facebook group. We are at, I believe, 107,000 members um now we have and i will say about the facebook group um given the fact that we are living in literally the most fractured political and social period of our collective lives um and it is an open group open to everybody there's no bar to entry we will kick you out for a whole lot of things you know it's a you know one conspiracy theory you're out kind of situation um but um it is, I call it the epicenter of hope because it is literally the most civil, supportive conversation going on among a hundred plus thousand strangers in America. It is the most diverse group of people. The only thing that they all have in common is that they've all been touched by this extraordinarily contagious virus. You know, so it is a truly a remarkable space. And we have a website, survivorcore.com. It's C-O-R-P-S. I named it after the Peace Corps. I envisioned this as being sort of the Peace Corps right. of the COVID generation. And by COVID generation, I refer to everyone who is literally alive on the planet right now um, is a part of that generation, I think. Um, and so the website is a one-stop shop on where to give back how to get you know where to where to sign up to give plasma studies um faqs on what is the difference between an you know a pcr test and an antigen test what is you know what does this mean what is a hyperimmune globulin product like um a lot of resources and we're doing our own research so um you know if you think about it from a mile high perspective as a nation as a as a globe, you know, well, no, that's not true. Other countries are, are counting things that we're not. But at least in this country, we are tracking infections, hospitalization, and mortality. Now, most people are not hospitalized with COVID, right? Did you guys right, ever right. go to, did you guys no, go to the doctor was, with COVID? No, I, was too scared. I, I had a telehealth. Right. And I didn't they were like, well, that. if it gets bad, go to the hospital. Exactly. We don't know right? what else to do. Yeah. 
Right, exactly. So that's it. And when else in your life are you told like, yes, you have this novel illness. We know nothing about you're very, very sick and, and you could die, but don't worry, just stay at home. Right. Don't seek any medical help of any kind unless right. you literally think that you're dying, in which case go to the emergency right. room, but avoid it at all costs, right? right? So there is no medical data on all the people like us who had the Tylenol and Gatorade kind of COVID. And the turmeric. You know, like, as I refer to the Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, you know, variety of COVID, right? So nobody is tracking us. And they're not tracking you guys at all because you never even counted as being infected, right? Right. So we- Right, correct. Oh no, she froze. You froze. No worries. That's okay. You're back. Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. So we weren't counted. Gosh, I something else. I feel bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yes, yeah, so we weren't counted. Okay. What we, that's right. where we right. lost okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so when you think about it, we are, you know, the vast majority of people are listed as being recovered. And at the same time, the CDC is telling us that one in three people are not actually recovering in time. They're having these long haul symptoms and they are not getting better. And of those one in five are young, healthy people with no preexisting conditions. And when I say young, that's defined as 18 to 34. I'm 46. I am far from that category. I'm in the one in three, not in the one in five. And, you know, what's really frightening is to look at the people who, and these are people who had the Tylenol and Gatorade varieties, like the, the mild to average. And it took, there was a lag before the world started to see them because they weren't under anyone's medical care. So we're tracking people who are in the hospital because they're being followed up with by their pulmonologist and their, you know, their doctors and so on and so forth as anyone would be who's been hospitalized. But the same isn't true for, you know, the rest of us. And so what we started to see in Survivor Corps, because we have in many ways been the canary in the COVID coal mine from the beginning. So we saw COVID toes a month before it hit the media. We've seen all of these things, you know, with a huge gap in time. Um, So we started to see by the end of April, we saw members who were not recovering. We had our first national media piece on long haulers before it had a name. Um, on May 17th on NBC Nightly News about one of our members. I mean, isn't that crazy to think about that the world is finally focusing on it now? Um, So in many ways, we've become a patient advocacy group because we've had to, um, because there are a huge number of people, many of them in their 20s and 30s with no pre-existing health conditions who are, you know, marathon runners and fitness instructors who are literally having heart attacks and strokes months after having had average cases of COVID. People who are having severe neurological yeah. No, I have a friend. I have a friend who's younger than me, who had COVID. Two months later, had a blood clot in his leg. Mm-hmm. Who's had no pre-existing condition oh whatsoever? God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and what's interesting is everyone has like, for instance, like even during COVID, all different. Christine, Christine had no taste, no smell. I had taste and smell. I, I don't. So you know. So 
everyone's different. And like my my big thing, and I've told you, Diana, is is the brain fog. You know that brain fog. Like it, I've never experienced it before. I, Wait, like, I didn't get that. It's it. I I have it still, and I tell Christian, I'm like I cannot. Like there'll be things. I literally have to write things down that I've never like. You put your keys over here. You know, like that kind okay, of. Okay, right now, imagine, imagine if you were a pilot or a surgeon. Right. Can you? You couldn't go back to work. And then, right? and people, what I found interesting about Survivor Corps and all the resources, like, and just being able to relate to people who have yeah. had the same experience, you type in one, one question and about a thousand of them are like, me too, <laughs> me too. Yeah. 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 And it's so gratifying. It like makes you feel like, okay, you're not going crazy, right? Yes, 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 exactly. You're not going crazy. It, I mean, you put your finger on the, exactly that. I mean, that's what our members are experiencing. They're going to the doctor and it, I think that it does matter that about 75% of them, according to Mount Sinai, are women. And the fact they're going to doc, people are going to doctors and saying like, I'm having heart pains, I'm having this, I'm having that. And they're being diagnosed with anxiety and depression, which Correct. I'm sure they are also anxious yes. and depressed. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't be, but, right. but they are also having like tachycardia. And like yeah. really actual <laughs> medical issues that need medical attention. And they're being gaslit by their doctors. And one of the, I mean, one of the things that we are trying to do with our research and trying to create an educational feedback loop with the medical and scientific community is being able to, like, I think it's amazing that we have doctors in the group who are in there so that they can be better clinicians because it's our, the members have more knowledge about this virus than any doctor does. So yeah. they are getting information and our members are getting information so that they can self-advocate. So that, when sure. their doctor, so that when their doctor says that they're having anxiety and they know that there's something actually physically wrong with them, they can bring in our symptom list and be like, yeah, well, look at this. And they literally bring it in and highlight all of their symptoms to convince the doctor. Um, uh, I, I've had that experience because I went to my, it's a new doctor for me and I did, I couldn't get in because initially my first point was in March and she's a lovely doctor and I like her and she listens to me, but you I'm a very strong personality. So I'm very, I'm like, I'm going to be my own advocate, you know, and everyone's got to be yeah. their own advocate and make sure that they get what they want. But the first thing I said, I said, I want to see a cardiologist. So I need a recommendation. I want a pulmonary doctor and I want, um, and I've had testicular cancer. So I wanted to go to another cancer doctor, right. just yeah. to, that blood and I want all blood panel, the whole bit. So she's like, well, cardiologist, I go, I had COVID in March. Okay. I know I had COVID in March. She goes, well, I go, and I have heart disease in my family. So she goes, okay, I'll get you, Carla. So then I went back, I go, I want a pulmonary doctor. She's like, but why? And your lungs are fine. And I go, I had COVID in March. I want to make sure that it, it right. that I'm okay. But it's like- Right, you shouldn't have to be fighting for it. So like I, I right. got accepted into Mount Sinai's post-COVID care center, which is the first of its kind in the country. There are only a couple of others in the country right now, but it's what we need for everybody. Yeah. So you go, you see basically a gatekeeper doctor and they refer you, then you go see that I've been to the gastroenterologist and the ENT and the cardiologist and the ophthalmologist who diagnosed me with post-COVID glaucoma. Um, oh, yeah, wow. Fun, right? um, oh, wow. That's a new one to me. You know, right. Exactly. You know, it's always uh, one, one fun thing after another. Sorry. 
Um, and, you know, it's, but, but I am extraordinarily lucky. I had a positive PCR test because without it, I wouldn't have been able to get in, in there. I had right. amazing insurance, right? You know, I have every, and I was able to get in. The waiting list is till next summer to get in. And, you know, we need to have these, cent we need post-COVID care centers everywhere around the country. And we need them available to people regardless of insurance, regardless of employment, and regardless of, of their original diagnosis. Because it's, you know, the fact that we didn't have enough tests or that they were faulty isn't, you know, shouldn't be these people's burden when they right, now right. can't apply for disability insurance or they can't, you know what I mean? Well, not only that, but not only that, but God forbid we lose this Affordable Care Act. We are people who have, have pre-existing pre conditions exactly. now. 100%. Right. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. And we need to, I mean, these are all things that I'm arguing for. Actually, um, I have a of an opinion piece in today's USA Today in the actual newspaper. I ran around this morning trying to get a copy of it. Not so easy to find, um, by the way. <laughs> um, I guess unless you're in a hotel, <laughs> right. seeing them. Um, but I, you know, I, I wrote saying that like, this is what we're demanding. We're demanding post-COVID care centers everywhere with all this criteria. And also we need, we are putting so much money and resources into finding a, a race to find a vaccine. Right. We need a race to find a therapeutic that doesn't prevent you from getting the virus, but keeps it from developing into worse symptoms. Right. So, right. So like a, a therapeutic that you could take very early on, not when you're admitted to the hospital, but ideally right. before then. And that's where we need to be putting our efforts because at this rate, we are never going to be able to control the virus. I mean, right. if you have, to, if you have, every, if you have half the country running around without masks, it doesn't matter if you have half of the country who is like, we're all screwed. So, well, and also like putting, vaccine or not, that's a whole other, we're, yeah, then and, we're talking, and, that's a whole other conversation because there will be people who want to get it. There will be people who don't want to get it. There will be people who forget to get it or forget to get the second dose of it. It will be people who, you know, who can't, don't have access to it. I mean, exactly. there's going to, there's so even. Well, uh, not only that, but in all honesty, in all honesty, this vaccine hasn't gone through a normal trial period. So in yeah. my I opinion, mean, it's like, no we don't idea. even know if it works. We have my no idea. Thing, we have no idea. We don't know how it'll be distributed, who will get it first, the timeline of distribution. Right. We know nothing about it. So we have, we need a parallel operation warp speed race for a therapeutic. And so I actually will be, um, I'll be interviewing Dr. Fauci on no. Friday. Yeah, really? I don't believe it. Can you believe it? I know. Oh my live gosh. Live on that? Live, live. How do we, how do we see on that? On this issue, on this issue, which he has acknowledged and he's spoken about, but he has not spoken in any depth about. So um, this will be the first time. So it'll be really newsworthy. I mean, it's That's really, I, I it's need, on the record. It's, it's me and him. I need, to, I need you to get a group together and I need you guys to go lobby and get this done. Oh, I love it. I love that I guy. I love the Fauci bob bobblehead. That's I mean, he's the best. He's the best. Tell he's him we said so hi. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm like, I, there. There's very little that like, re like would really make me fangirl out. But I, I think this might be it. Yeah. <laughs> I no, gotta I keep it, it together. <laughs> but yeah. it, I mean, so, it's really, it's, it is really incredible, though. 
um, to get his undevoted attention on this issue. Because I mean, think about it. It's a syndrome that it doesn't have a name. Like he named AIDS. Let's get him to give this thing a name because you can't get a yeah. billing code until you have a name. Long haulers is not a name. I you hate I mean? the name long haulers. Yeah. Well, it came out, somebody, a girl, a girl had a, a trucker's hat on. It's I a, feel like a trucker. I, I feel I know. Like, I'm like, I'm a oh my truck God. Driver. I did, I, I did, um, I did iHeartRadio a couple months ago, like in the middle of the night to, on America's Trucking Network, and I did the whole <laughs> show, I stayed up to like two o'clock in the morning to do it, I was so excited, and I did the whole thing, I got off, and I was like, oh my God, I was talking about long haulers to long haulers, and I didn't make the connection, or even make any reference to it, and I was kicking myself afterwards, I'm like, when That's is the next funny. Because when's the next opportunity going to be where you get to use that? I mean, and, I know you have to go soon because you only have a certain amount of time. You have something else to go to. But uh, another thing that I loved about Survivor Corps going on the just I, I this was just on the Facebook page is that there is a section with people who are like looking for plasma and the stories are so heart wrenching with photos i mean it just i get goosebumps just thinking about it and i was like that's what convinced me to donate in initially to be honest with you because it was you so notice, sad but, have you noticed the guy who comments on every single so you know yeah. at first in survivor quirk it'd be like a whole like um i do a superhero alert like when people right. post their donor selfies and stuff like that and we try to really celebrate the whole plasma donation and there's one guy in the group who posts on every single donor post someone like you saved my life so, and it uh, gets it me, me every oh, time. I mean, I see it a dozen times a day, and it still every single time gets me. Oh. Yeah, well, I my cousin FaceTimed me yesterday with my uncle in uh, ICU, and I almost mm -hmm. lost it. And he's not on a ventilator yet, but that's the that's where they're. And I want I, I'll talk to you sometime off and what you think. Uh, they want to put him on a ventilator. Have he's they done alert. plasma? They've done plasma. They've done the remdesivir. Yeah, the yeah. remdesivir. They've done the new. The, I, the newest protocol I've heard is that people getting plasma and remdesivir within six hours of admittance, like to yeah, do well, it as early as possible. Doing. Yeah. So they've done. They've done all that. The uh, he's alert. Like he's waving when they take the mm -hmm. oxygen mask off. He like can speak, but his he's not without the oxygen mask. He's dropping to like below sixty. Right, mm -hmm. and so they're like because they need the bed, they want to either put them on the ventilator or send them to hospice. That was their option. And I'm like, Wait, why would they put him on a ventilator? He's alert, he's awake, he's, you know, oh I don't know. He, they're like, but he's not getting better. And we, and I was like, okay. So literally they just transferred him today to another hospital that will keep him longer on that. Cause they're like, we don't want to incubate him, you know, put him this. Yeah. Why well, you don't want to do that if you don't have to. I mean, that, if there's right. one thing we've learned. Yeah. So right. uh, yeah, it, I was like beside myself. I was like, this is crazy. So I don't know. It's, it's just a scary, scary virus. I'm so happy that you started this. I hope people uh, listen. If you know anyone that has COVID, you ha or and even if you don't have COVID, you never had it. You have to go on SurvivorCore.com. It is so uh, educational and enlightening, and to see just regular people who are suffering from such a crazy virus or have family members 
it's important that you go on this site. It's so important and, and that you, you share if, it. And if you know somebody who thinks that this thing isn't real or thinks that they're safe and it's not going to affect them or you're, you're upset with whatever, if you're, if you don't think that they are taking this seriously enough, take them on a little trip through our, our uh, Facebook group and have them read some of these posts and I guarantee you they will change their mind. Yeah. All right. Diana, Please thank you so every, much. So this is so informative. Yeah. I want to put this up as soon as we can. Thanks, um, guys. This is great. Thank you so much for coming all, on. And share all your uh, social for us real quick one more time. Oh, I'm Diana Barrent on Twitter. I had my first viral tweet a couple of weeks ago. That was exciting. Right. Um, people can get really mean on there. My oh, God. Oh, you Ooh. have no idea tweeting... that email. I mean, oh, I've, been, I've, I've been one of those like long time watcher, like, you know, first time mm. caller kind of, long time listener, <laughs> first time caller kind of people. Like for me, Twitter's always been like kind of cathartic because I had no audience. So I would just, you know, whatever I thought I would say because no, you know, nobody was responding. It was like me just shouting into the wind. Right. Um, right. You know. But, now you, uh, now yeah, you so have Twitter, a platform. Now you have now a platform. I have a platform. Yeah, exactly. It's more fun now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know what the others are, but uh, Facebook just Survivor. go to Survivor Core. Yep, Survivor Core C O R P S. Come join us. Um, follow. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, Support them. Get these yep. masks. Get these yep. shirts. Masks are <laughs> great. Donate money. <laughs> Donate, you know, donate, you know, donate. Just, 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 you know, just join us. Donate plasma. And, you know, just being on there is really, like, the, the stories are heartbreaking, but there's also something really heartwarming about seeing, you know, in the same way, Christine, you were talking about, like, seeing people be together and what joy brought. Like, you don't realize how, you know, this is – we are so isolated and this is yeah, like a yeah. place of connection among strangers in a really scary moment of their yeah. lives. And so there's something, there's something beautiful about it. Well, we're so happy you came on. I don't know. We're not yeah. CNN or yeah. NBC nightly news, I like but, we, <laughs> but we're fun. And this is the worst. I was just saying to Christine before you came out, go, you know, we're the worst ever podcast and we have not really talked about how worst ever this year has been. Oh and my so, God. Well, I know that's, like, that's what I was seriously. thinking. My Friday the 13th, yeah. 2020. It was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. it's got to be worst ever, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. We're so happy. Ever. Please, please, okay. please send Thank your support. You Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. And you guys can follow us. We are Worst Ever Podcast at Worst Ever Podcast and Worst Ever PC. I'm Christine Lakin. You can follow me and at you, yo lakin and i'm alak khaled you can find me at alec led don't ask at alec led thanks everybody thanks for listening thank you for your support and we'll hear you next time the worst moments of our life hey girl hey that's bad uh so speaking of like worst ever experiences that is the worst ever i don't feel so good and that was my worst audition ever how bad can it be <laughs> and we feel the pain is best or funny <laughs> <laughs>